Hi, welcome back to the CCWSA podcast. I'm Mike Darter. I'm the co-founder and CEO. And today I'm going to talk to Kent Brown, who's been our president for two years now, right? A little over two years. A little years. over two years. Yeah. So uh, Kent Brown came on, like I said, a little over two years ago. He's done a great job, uh, perfect fit. And we knew immediately when we met Kent in person that he was the guy. And so we want to do a little bit of introduction, kind of go over his history and his uh, last two years, first two years with CCWSA. So I'm just going to let you take it. Why don't you kind of just go over your history, kind of briefly what you did before. Sure. And go from there. Yeah, I, I came to CCWSA in November of 21. I had at that point about 30 years of business experience uh, working through a lot of consumer products companies, a lot of big Fortune 500 companies, managing sales teams, sales and marketing teams, and then moving back to some smaller businesses and running those. Uh, everything from you know manufacturing and sourcing to e-commerce operations. So it was a pretty broad business background. But when I the CCW Safe opportunity came up, you know my wife and I are gun owners big believers in the Second Amendment, you know, right to self-defense. And it was a really interesting opportunity to be able to merge all that experience with something that we really believed in. You know, a lot of people talk about mission-driven companies, you know, well, you know, this is one where we really do have a mission to help people. You know, we exist to help people. We don't make a coffee maker or, you know, something like that when people are like, yeah, it's a mission driven company. You know, we want to make sure everybody has great coffee every day. I mean, that's, that's nothing wrong with that, you know, but we're really here to help people when they need it. And so it, it was a great fit for me too. Uh, people always ask, you know, with people like yourself and Stan and Kyle and Don, you know, all the legal and law enforcement expertise we have, Gary and Chris, you know, how do I fit in? Because my background is not legal and law enforcement. So I, what I really tell them is that two, there's really two things I do. One is of course, operate the day-to-day -day business, you know, and assist where we all work on strategy together. But the second big thing is just make sure that we're enforcing the company's mission and values so that we can fulfill our obligations to the members, right? That we have all the resources we need, that they're the best resources available and that we deploy them against the members in a way that you know exceeds their expectations. And that's really what I do, right? I'm not here for legal opinions or you know, I haven't worked a homicide case like all of you guys, but I'll make sure that the members get taken care of and that everything is ready for them and that we deploy immediately in full force when they're in trouble. Well, like you said, that's, that is our mission. <clears throat> and uh, we don't manufacture, we don't sell, we don't ship anything. Yeah. Uh, so we really have to, in fact, Justin and I were talking over lunch how, you know, um, that's what we do. Uh, like we have to stand behind, you know, what we're selling because it's not something you can feel, hold, touch, you know. Um, but it's something that uh, has to be done. And so that's a huge importance to have somebody like you be able to come in and be able to do that. When you first came in, just kind of talk to uh, our members about you know, um, what you thought the processes were uh, kind of when you came in, what were your first thoughts upon coming to CCWC? Uh, there were a lot of things we were doing really well, right? One of the challenges in the business was it was growing really rapidly. And so 
you know, we had to work a little bit on our ability to scale up and make sure we had enough people to answer, you know, the phones in the member services department and make sure all of our other business processes were in place to support the growing membership base, which it did. The one thing from a process standpoint that absolutely did not need to change was the critical response process, mm -hmm. right? Which is really when we deliver the service to the members when they get in trouble and, or they've been forced to defend themselves. And so that process, we haven't really changed very much. You know, the, what the member sees, we haven't changed. We've changed some behind the scenes on how we document it and how we, you know, do some things mm -hmm. and tracking, and, but the member still receives boots on the ground when they've been in a deadly force shooting right? They still receive all the financial benefits. They still have Don picking and vetting their attorney. All that was working great. So we haven't changed that very much at all. And it doesn't need to be changed. It's the best in the industry. Nobody does what we do. And so um, that was really the one thing I didn't have to touch. I had to learn that, but I didn't have to change it. I do think the process has been refined, though, since you got here of how, uh, and I might have you talk to that a little bit of, of when somebody calls, mm -hmm. kind of the behind the scenes things, because people, uh, they call in, they're immediately uh, connected with an attorney. Um, services are immediately started, but they might not kind of know the behind the scenes, which there is a lot <coughs> behind the scenes. So, Yeah, it, it, it is an interesting process. So we have our 800 hotline. You call that number. It's answered 24 hours a day. There is an operator who answers, and she asks, five questions, right? Just quick screening questions so we can make sure that the person's a member, make sure that this is an emergency situation. Sometimes we get calls on there that aren't emergencies. Mm -hmm. uh, not often, but we do. So that process generally takes about a minute, you know, depending on, upon how they answer the questions. And then that call is immediately patched through to either Don or Jennifer, right? Our on-staff attorneys. And this can happen 24 hours a day. When the call comes in, the, the moment it gets transferred, we notify everybody on the critical response team and myself and a couple of the business people, we get notified. We don't have any idea what the call is yet, right? So we're just on alert while they're talking to Don or Jennifer. And I think there's a eight or nine of us that get alerted mm -hmm. yeah. immediately. And so what happens is the, the boots on the ground folks start checking in and they're standing by, ready to go if the result of the call means that we need to deploy them on site somewhere. And so we, it, it, sometimes we know in five minutes, mm -hmm. and if the call lasts a little longer with Don, it might be 30 minutes. And, but you know, 24 hours a day, we're all uh, waiting for the update from the attorneys on what we do. And then if it is a situation where we have to have boots on the ground, we already have critical response team is already looking at flights. Mm -hmm. And so this, there's a group communication going on and they're saying, hey, I can be on this flight landing at this time, so I should be on site at this time. And they're just waiting for the go ahead from me to deploy the resources. And so once we get the assessment from Don and then uh, a couple of us weigh in and we deploy the resources and get them going. You know, we had an incident just a few months ago that was in Illinois and we sent two folks on that mm -hmm. one. We put two people Chris on the ground. Chris and Gary both Gary. went. Yeah, they were there within 24 hours of the call. It was in a pretty small town. Um, but we had that on-site immediate response. Uh, we deployed 
not just people. We deployed money immediately. That member had to be bailed out. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a unique bail situation in Illinois. For people who are watching from Illinois, they might know that the bail laws have all changed in the last couple months. And we were about, I think we were about two weeks ahead of that change or maybe a week, but we had to act super fast or we were going to be subject to these new bail laws, which probably yeah. would have left our member in jail. So we had to deploy that money quickly. We actually um, got that done the next day as well. And that was a big check. And we wrote that. Yeah, that was on a million dollar bond, correct? It's a million dollar bond. So, <clears throat> so 100000 Yeah, so we, we delivered $100,000 to the clerk uh, right at the close of business the next day. The member was bailed out. We had already retained a local attorney and paid that. Uh, we knew we were in for, you know, what's probably going to be a longer case there. He, he does, um, you know, have some difficult charges. So mm -hmm. we probably in the first 36 hours deployed two people and close to $150,000, you know, on his behalf immediately. Mm -hmm. And I still remember the first night that the team was there and we had a recap call at about seven or eight o'clock. It was on a Friday night. And I did it at my dining room table and my wife kept walking by in the background and when the call was over she was like oh my gosh like that is unreal what you guys do because there's six or seven people on there just strictly talking about how can we take care of this person and so we had immediate feedback on his you know emotional condition and we were talking about lining up his counseling and uh, which is covered making sure that he's taken care of you know in his case he didn't um he couldn't go home. His his apartment was a crime scene, mm. and so we had an apartment apartment. We had a hotel room for him. We were there when he got bailed out. He was arrested in the middle of the night, so he came out, you know, in his sleeping clothes. Yeah. Like they don't give you, any, they don't let you go get dressed before they take you to jail. And so they met him outside, took him to the hotel, got some food for him, made arrangements to get him some clothes. I mean, none of this stuff is in our you know contract, but this. Part of what we do is just, it's very personal, right? What we do, we didn't send them a list of attorneys. We didn't say, send us the bills and we'll pay for them. Like we put people on the ground to help this guy out. So, so it's, a, it's a very detailed process. It, it certainly can be expensive, but that's what mm -hmm. we're here for. And it's personal, right? You have someone there who looks you in the eye when you come out of, come out of jail. In this particular case, I think they said the member just broke down immediately when he saw, yeah. he saw our people that he just was sobbing and it's understandable, you know, defense, he was a guy was a, a army veteran or uh, Marines. I can't forget now, you know, so you think they're pretty tough guys, but if you've never been in jail mm -hmm. and you get out, <laughs> you're in pretty rough shape and he had to do some very difficult things to defend himself. So I was really proud of what we did there and, and knowing that that's what we do every time you know, is kind of what inspires us to keep that process, to keep the expertise, mm -hmm. you know, to keep true to what we do. Uh, you know, we never take the cheap way out. You know, a lot of people always ask, how do you pick those attorneys? You know, do you find the cheap one? Don't we pick the very best attorney for your specific case in your loca location, regardless of the cost? We don't care. So um, that's how the process works. It's, no one else will do it. I don't know why no one else will do it because there's nothing better than taking care of somebody that way. You know, that's one thing, Chris, when I interviewed Chris Cunningham, who is our <clears throat> one on the critical response team, <clears throat> she was talking about <clears throat> her whole years in law enforcement staying in her lane. And this was the first opportunity she really got to um, 
see actually a physical, emotional, mental mm. change in somebody and how good it felt to be able to do that. You know, that's one thing the members know how, how we take care of them. But if you're on the outside looking in, like I was when I came two years mm -hmm. ago, you know, sometimes you get caught up in this, well, who's going to pay model, right? Like yeah. everybody in the industry pays for yeah. the same stuff to some extent. They don't all pay for it, but, but there's plenty of people who pay the legal fees and, you know, they have a bail program. Um, but we just do all these other things that nobody else will do. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes a difference for the members, right? You know, with it, we don't send you a list of attorneys, right? So in our case, the guy's in jail. How's he going to get the list of attorneys? He wasn't married, didn't have any family there in town. Who's going to get the list of attorneys and pick one? They're going to wait till he gets bailed out. Well, who's going to arrange the bail? Mm -hmm. Who's going to go take the check to the clerk before, you know, the courthouse closes on mm -hmm. Friday where he could have spent the whole weekend in jail. So it's a big, big difference in what we do. And I always try to tell people all these other companies in our industry, they'll pay. Mm -hmm. They will pay the yeah. bills, but they just don't provide the, the service that we do. They just don't send people on the ground. They just don't go in there and do all those little things that get somebody that peace after mm -hmm. the incident that makes them break down. We had, um, you know, I remember in LA, John White, mm -hmm. who's done, he's done a testimonial video for us. And one of the things he said was, you know, the first night after, in that case, it was Gary and Rob who went, the first night after they came, I was just able to sleep that night. Mm -hmm. Like I just was, they, you know, I was now at ease knowing that I had these experts in person helping me and, Again, that's why we're here. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, and this, <clears throat> um, let's talk a little bit about, we do do things a lot differently. And it's not, I agree with you. And I've always said, you know, all, all the companies out there, I have no doubt they're going to do what they say they're going to yes. do. Yes. Um, a lot of ours, I think, is based on experience. Um, and not just experience in the legal field, but also in law enforcement side. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things, um, can you comment just a little bit about how we've always talked about, you know, we're going to err on the, on the side of our members, um, you know, because uh, not everything that happens is going to be cut and dry. In mm. fact, very few things are going to be cut and dry. And so things have to be um, looked at and they have to be looked at by people with experience. And maybe you, you know, we talk about it all the time because we're part of that experience and we have that history of experience, but you coming in and seeing that, um, you know, from a, from a different angle. Yeah. It, that was really the biggest learning curve for me was that piece of it, right? What kind of experience, you know, and eyes do we put on a member's situation when they call in, you know, there's a, there's a case in the news right now where that person was a member of another organization and they made a call, you know, that was incorrect, mm -hmm. right? Because they don't have the law enforcement experience. They don't have the, that legal experience on staff. And they made a call that was incorrect about the self-defense situation. And, you know, even if they didn't know, they didn't err on the side of the member. And so in our cases, we, you know, of course, we always do. We have a bias for coverage. We have a bias to help the member. Um, and so when they report it as a self-defense incident, that's the way that we treat it. And we start to work on it immediately. And when you look at yourself, um, 
you know, Stan, I mean, you guys have decades of law enforcement experience. We have Gary with decades of law mm -hmm. enforcement experience, Chris with decades of law enforcement experience. You've got Don West, one of the top criminal defense attorneys, you know, in North America, 40 years now of criminal mm -hmm. defense experience. And we have Jennifer Chance, who, you know, has been on a recent podcast, right? She was a prosecutor. She yes. understands that side of it. She understands the legislative side, working for the governor. So we have all these folks looking at it who know exactly what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And that allows us to make good decisions, quick decisions, you know, continue to move forward on a case rather than be cautious and say, well, you know, we don't really know. Let's wait and see what happens in court. Like, we don't do it like that. We know what's going on, we know how to assess them, and we move forward rapidly on the member's behalf, yeah. And that's what we talked about with Jennifer, is <clears throat> applying all those resources we can as soon as we can, um, even though you know we may not have all the facts and all the evidence in um, at that point, but, and that's one thing, if there is, if the court allows for a entry of self-defense, then that's that's it. that's it. It's covered, right? It's Admi covered. Admissible evidence <clears throat> of self-defense. Yeah. You know that case I was talking about that's in the news. You know the court allowed self-defense mm -hmm. as his defense, and I, I believe he was uh, found innocent on that charge. And mm -hmm. so I'm sure it's a struggle for people right now to say, well, why would I have a service like this if somebody doesn't cover it? Yeah. You know, of course we would have covered it. You know, we would be in there the whole way. We would have had boots on the ground the next day. So. Uh, it makes a difference to the experience we have. And not yeah. only can we translate that into the speed and effectiveness, but that expertise, you know, goes all the way through the mm -hmm. case, right? So we're, we're able to assist if needed by the local attorney. We're able to supplement, you know, investigative resources if we need to. I mean, nobody brings the resources to bear that we do. Right. So and I, think the, I think the biggest difference with our company is our critical response team. And so why don't you talk a little bit about what it takes to be on that? Because we've talked about, you know, the different people that we have, but what does it take to be on that team? Well, it takes a whole lot of law enforcement experience. And in particular, you know, homicide investigation, dealing, you know, with officer-involved shootings, all the things that go with that, which is not just the investigative side of it. It's the peer support and all the things that you know, the police model is and how they care for one of the officers after they've been involved in a shooting. So when you look at like Chris Cunningham, who just joined us this year, you know, her total law enforcement experience over 20 years, but she spent 17 years as a homicide <laughs> investigator. Now we have Gary Eastridge, who has a super long law enforcement career as well. And even Gary said to me, he goes, you know, it's very rare that somebody does yeah. 17 years in homicide because it's a difficult, difficult mm -hmm. grind. But when people meet Chris, you know, she's not a, like this grizzled homicide investigator. She's yeah. a person that cares about people. And so she's able to apply all that experience plus her own personal, you know, caring attitude to the members and really take good care of them. And she knows what's coming next in the process. She knows what, the DA is likely to do. She knows what the police are going to do. She knows, you know, how to deal with the bail systems. She understands all of that completely. And, it, and of course, she's able to tell that face to face to a member when she goes mm -hmm. and meets with them in these most difficult circumstances. And sometimes, you know, what the members consistently say is, you know, there's a lot of comfort in just knowing what to expect, right. rather than just being sort of a victim of the system where you just get bounced around and you don't know what's coming. 
and we're able to prepare them. You know, Stephen Maddox, when I talked to mm -hmm. him, he's like, CCW Safe did such a good job helping my family understand mm -hmm. what was happening, even when he was in jail, what to expect next. And he said that was just a huge comfort to his wife and kids, um, knowing how things were gonna go down and where we would be in the process, you know, and standing in with him the whole time. So all that experience, you, you know, you have to have that. We don't hire, you know, people with a few years of law enforcement experience. Mm -hmm. Typically they're retired with at least 20 years of experience and some of that in a pretty serious investigative manner, you know, most mm -hmm. likely homicide, right? You know, most of the people, I would say almost all of our members who we've um, been able to assist, they're not familiar. They haven't been through the criminal justice system. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a huge part of it is knowing what's coming up and what, uh, what resources are going to need for what's coming, yeah. the timing of it. Because a lot of these things are going to go over a year to two years in case it's not going to be a six months you're going to be in trial. Right. So, yeah, I, you, you hit it all in the head as well, right? Nobody has that experience. That team is the difference. And not only are they just boots on the ground when the case goes down, but, you know, they're assigned to you all the way through. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris Cunningham is your critical response coordinator. So she can be your main point of contact. Of course, they can contact with Don as well, but you're not getting, um, you know, some administrative person like our other competitors might do, where it's like just someone who processes paperwork and, right. oh, did you get that check? I mean, you know, that's fine. We need to yeah. do that stuff. But they're working with the person all the way through, you know, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Here's what's coming, right? It's a whole different animal when somebody like that is your point of contact for your case and helping you throughout what could be a two-year process. I mean, mm -hmm. Stephen Maddox's case was 20 months, 22? Yeah. I mean, it was super long, mm -hmm. right? And so another huge difference between us and everybody else yeah. is you, you have, that's the person assigned to you, not, not a secretary, not an accountant, not a accounts payable clerk, you know, not a paperwork person. You have mm -hmm. an experienced person by your side. And peer support's a big deal. And, you, and you, we're starting to hear more about peer support. You know, when I was in law enforcement, peer support really wasn't a term back then. Oh. Um, kind of toward the end of my career, it was uh, middle to end of my career. But you see that a lot in, in military and law enforcement uh, when they're dealing with their own people. This peer support system that you know, you have, a lot of people don't realize that you have to stay healthy, not just, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, you have to stay healthy because that is going to take over two years, you know, up to two years to endure what uh, you're going to endure in one of those. Uh, it's not a process that, you know, we just, we push the resources and then we're done until the trial. It continues, you know, as we go. So, um, so following up, anything else you'd like to talk about? You know, I would just say it's been an awesome two years. I love it. And it really, you know, I think everybody in our office, whether it's someone answering the phones and helping the members, you know, with their accounts or me or Chris or anyone else, it, it's, a, it's a pleasure to get up in the morning and come to work at a place where you're really helping somebody. Yeah. Right. I mean, yes, it's a job, but we it doesn't feel like it. It's like we're coming to work to help people. Everything we do is geared around the members. Uh, and I can tell you in the 30 years prior to that, that 
that wasn't always the case. And so it's good to come in knowing that you have a real purpose that literally changes somebody's life. And so I'm very proud to be a member. Well, it's, it's been great to have you. I think you've done a, a phenomenal job Thank here. You. And, you know, piggybacking on what you just said, it's also none of these cases are the same. It's always, yeah. you know, each case that comes is going to be different. And, uh, again, that's another thing that comes into you know, our core values of leadership and expertise and, and caring of having that history of, yeah. you know, and some of these cases may be similar in some ways, but they're all going to be different and they're all going to need really a specialized, um, you know, case uh, worker, critical responder for, for each and every one. So that kind of makes it uh, <coughs> exciting too, you know, when you come to work and you're, you feel like you're doing a different, making a difference in people's lives. And it's not the same thing every day. I mean, no, so different. No, I've learned a lot about <laughs> self-defense, self-defense law, all these things. And I, I would just say, you know, there's a lot of conversation in the industry right now yeah. about different companies. There's a lot of confusion now for people who've been members of other services. And what people with firearms, people that are a protector, that are going to defend themselves and their family, they're just looking for somebody that they can trust. You know, it, who's going to be there for me when I need them? And that, again, that's the satisfaction that we get knowing that that's who we are. We're there when you need somebody, when you need that help, when you've been forced into that situation to defend yourself, right? You didn't choose it. It was thrust upon you. And now you need the help. That's what we're there for. And so when all this confusion is going on and people are trying to figure out who really exists to help the members, who really, you know, hires the right people to make sure uh, that we get help. I mean, think about Chris and, and Gary, right? They're not deployed on a case every day. You know, we, we pay them money just to be ready. And so sometimes they get deployed frequently, infrequently, but we just, that's an investment that we make. So we make a lot of investments to make sure that that people will have the peace of mind that they're gonna get the best possible service when they need it. And that's why we come in every day. And it is, it's a joy and it's fun to know that we're taking care of the members. And so hopefully um, people who are, are trying to figure out who to choose and what to do, that they'll choose us. And if you do, I, I can safely say, you'll never regret choosing CCW Safe because this team is just the best of the best and we're committed to helping people. Like, comment, share. If you have any questions, post it uh, below. And if you have any questions for Kent, uh, let us know. Sure. And uh, we'll have him on a podcast soon. Y'all take care and see you soon.